Go ahead and give that praise to the Lord. Ah, yes. Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Girl, come on, let's go a little bit farther. Let's go a little bit farther. Yes. Oh, yes. Something good is about to happen. Something good is on its way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What an honor and privilege it is to preach right here in this pulpit to some of the most wonderful folks in the world. I'm, 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 I'm buttering you up for roasting, I guess. But this is, a, this is a great congregation. Pastor, as you well know, thank you for this uh, privilege to preach today. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 65, 1 through 4. Psalm 65, 1 through 4. Pastor mentioned uh, a few days ago about Sunday morning service and Sunday night, he said he was going to be preaching about the uh, liberties that we have or freedom we have. And so I'm, I'm not going to deal so much with 4th of July as, as I am another subject here this morning. I do understand it is uh, Independence Day and happy 4th of July to all of you good folks here this morning. And out yonder on Facebook land or wherever you're at, it's good to have you with us as well. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me as for our transgressions. Thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. Aren't you glad God chose you? And causeth to approach unto thee. Aren't you glad we can go to God and approach him. Be a terrible thing if we couldn't approach him. That he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. A lot of preaching in these four verses, but I want to draw my topic today from the second verse where the Bible said, Oh, thou that hear his prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Let me preach to you for a little while, subject entitled, God will make you a place to pray. God will make you a place to pray. Shake hands with somebody and say, God's going to make you a place to pray. You may be seated. I was praying this week, and I was standing, walking right over here close to this door and turning to come back, and I prayed God speak to me about what to uh, preach Sunday morning. As I was praying back and forth across this uh, 
front here. And by the way, when I walk across here many times, I pray God fills some people with the Holy Ghost over here, deliver some people from alcohol and drugs and bitterness and hate and whatever. But I began after I, I prayed, it seemed like God, I was trying to pray, but God looked like was speaking to me more than I was speaking to him. And I took my iPhone with a, with a pad on it, the notepad on it, and I began to write stuff down, whatever stuff means. And I would write it and write it and write it and look like I tried to pray and God would keep feeding me with things to say. But observing the lack of concern among people, and Brother Wilson Murphy mentioned something about it this morning, how we can be so nonchalant about our serving God and about our worship and our faithfulness and etc. And it seemed as I was observing the lack of concern among many people, not everybody, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, many of the choir here today, and I mean saints of God who are living for the Lord. And, uh, but among, uh, among that and observing that, saints and sinners uh, concerned about their lack of urgency of serving God and preparing for eternity. I believe God gave me a thought for today. Oh, yes. Isn't it wonderful that we can have a place to pray? That's right. Isn't it wonderful that we can connect to heaven? Oh, yeah. You connect to a lot of people, and I've seen people look like one sitting on one side of the room, texting the other one on the other side of the room. I walked up to a man and woman here a while back. It wasn't none of my business, but you know how I am. I just said, y'all, he had his phone out and she had her phone out. And I said, y'all texting each other, standing side by side. But we can talk to God. We can tell him all our troubles. Oh, I like that song. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You have no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Oh, I like that time when I can just talk to the Lord. Sister Pat don't even understand all that I think sometimes. That's probably good. But I can, I can talk to the Lord, and I don't have to worry about him spreading it. I can just talk to him and find a place to pray and seem like things that are so desperate and so difficult and so challenging and so hard after you talk to God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, it seems you can walk out of there with a different thought, with a different frame of mind, with a different attitude, with a different spirit. Thank God for a place to pray. Daddy had the log down here about 450 feet or so from, the, from, from, from his back door, and we got part of it at out there in the prayer room and I think about daddy as he went to that prayer log that was his place to pray and then later on in life when, when he was not able to get up and down as much as, uh, much as he normally would and uh, even, even at that he would find his way back down there many times but, 
But I watched him as he would be in the prayer room. He had a place in the corner of the prayer room. Uh, Pastor, I wish I'd have told you after you asked me, should we paint that or not? I wish I'd have told you, no, don't paint that. He didn't want to do it, but I said, it's okay. And Daddy had his hands in the corner of that prayer room, and you could see where the, the sweat of his hands or the oil of his hands or whatever would, 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 would stayed on the, on, on, on the wall. And I'm satisfied that, that he was praying for many of you and calling your names out. Aren't you glad God gave Daddy a place to pray? Oh, yes, I'm telling you, there ought to be a place for all of us somewhere in our lives to call upon God. And I got news for you, sir, there will be. Whether you make you a place to pray or not, God's going to make you one. Oh, thou that hearest prayer, the leading characteristic of God whose nature it is that he hears prayer. God hears prayer. There's nothing somebody wrote applied to God is more sublime and beautiful than, than the appellative hearer of prayer. Nothing in his attributes is of more interest and importance to man. Nothing more indicates his condescension and goodness to man. Nothing so much encourages us in the endeavor to overcome our sins, to do good, to save our souls, and to save the souls of others than prayer. Dark and dismal would, be, would this world be if God did not hear prayer. Gloomy, inexpressible gloom would be the prospects of man if he had not the assurance that God is a prayer-hearing God. If he might not come to God at all times with the assurance that it is his very nature to hear prayer and that his ear is ever open to the cries of the guilty, the suffering, the sad, the troubled, and the dying. Oh, I'm so glad I can call on him this morning. I didn't have to go about life today without talking to God and worrying about what's going to happen and fretting about everything. But I can say, God, take care of us today. Be with us today and help us today. Keep us from evil, sin, and danger today. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me a little while. Oh, yes, it's good to be able to talk to the maker, the creator. The Bible said, unto thee shall all flesh come. That word there doesn't necessarily mean animals and, and beasts, but it's talking about mankind. The idea is that there is no other resource for man, no other help, no other refuge, but the God that hears prayer. No other being can meet his actual needs, and those needs are to be met only in connection with prayer. It is written, all people are permitted to come thus to God. All have need of his favor. All must perish unless in answers to prayer he interposes and saves the soul. How many times has prayer kept us out of? That's right, no telling. Boys and girls, teenagers, young people, you better be glad you got a praying mom and daddy. And mom and daddy, if you're not right with God, you better, better be glad you got a teenager that's sitting on the front rows up here worshiping and praying. 
Uh, it's also true that the period will arrive on earth when all flesh, all people will come to God and worship him when instead of the scattered few who now approach him, all nations, all the dwellers of continents and islands will worship him, will look to him in trouble, will acknowledge him as God, and they will supplicate his favor. Somehow or another, everybody is going to pray. Oh, yes. I'm glad that I can be like James said, confess our faults one to another and pray one for another that we might be healed because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, help me out now, availeth much. It is our distinct privilege to pray. If my people, Second Chronicles said, this is a good one for, for, for July 4th. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. The only thing that's going to heal America is prayer. Come on now. If my people... Not those Trinitarian believers. Not those people that does not believe in his name. Not those people that's not filled with the Holy Ghost. But if my people, which are called by my name, shall love themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I hope will I hear from him, will heal. Come on. We need a pray in church. I said we need a pray in church in 2021. Oh, oh yes. Oh, God, I feel something in this room this morning. Prayer is everybody's gift and privilege. It's something everybody can do. You might not can sing, you might not can play music, but you can. Disciples did not say, teach us to preach or sing. But it's, they said, teach us to pray. They didn't even say, teach us how to pray. They said, teach us to pray. I got news for you. You don't have to worry about how to pray. If you'll pray, then it'll become automatic how to pray. Oh. Oh, yes. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. I hadn't got where I'm going, but I'm trying to get there. Everybody can't do everything, but prayer is something everybody can do. The enemy will try to limit your praying because your praying will limit the enemy. When you don't have a prayer, pray. You pray to transfer my will be done to God's will be done. Prayer reminds us of who is in charge. Prayer transfers the burden to God and that lightens your load. Prayer pushes us through life stumps. I like this. Pushes us through life stumps, propels us over the humps, and pulls us out of the dumps. <laughs> Have you ever been in the dumps and then you got to praying and got to talking in tongues and got out of the dumps? Why don't you try building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost? Isn't it good that we don't just have to say a prayer, but sometimes we can pray a prayer, and sometimes we can pray in the... My God, we can pray in the Holy Ghost. Woo! 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, you ought to try it this afternoon. You ought to try it this morning. You ought to get in the mood where God, oh yeah, yeah, about sure. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor, I'm feeling that, I'm feeling that spirit you was talking about. I watched him other night as he was preaching the Holy Ghost was on him. I mean, he's a, he's, he, 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 he's a, he, he, he can, he can operate like, he's a preaching machine is what I'm trying to say. And he's well all. What that means, he's anointed. And I watched him the other night as the Holy Ghost hit him. He, he, he was doing this number. That's what I feel like right now. When you get in the Holy Ghost, woo, did y'all feel that? Down in South Mississippi, they have what I call the South Mississippi jerks. <laughs> when the Holy Ghost hits them, Brother Ronnie, you know what I'm talking about? You come from Pas Pascagoula, where the squirrel got loose in the revival. Ain't nothing like getting in the, oh Lord. If John could get in the spirit on the Lord's day, out yonder, in an island somewhere, woo, I think there's some apostolic folks that ought to be able to get in the spirit on the 4th of July. Woo. Oh, yes. You have not because ye ask not. In the Korean War, bullet fire was destroying Americans. The general told the soldiers to get out of the hole and go pull the wounded back in. The soldier looked at his watch. The general said, get out there and bring the soldiers in. He just kept watching his watch. Finally took off and started bringing soldiers into the hole. After the ceasefire, the general asked, why were you watching your watch? He said, my mother told me at a certain time, every day, she would be praying for me. And that was the time I was waiting on. With that, I took courage. Come on now. God's got an answer to your mama's prayer. Let me tell you something. I believe that some of our people are saved not because you wanted to be necessarily. You ultimately had to make up your mind. But I believe God's mama's prayer to God and daddy's prayer to God. Woo! Come on. Cause you to be in this place today. Thank God for praying people. They say stop prayer in school so Muslims can't pray. I don't care if Muslims pray. Their God can't answer like our God. Elijah told the prophet to Baal to pray. He knew their God couldn't answer prayer. I'm not afraid of them praying. Let them pray because our prayer is going to go higher than theirs go. God told Jonah to rise and go to Nineveh and cry out against, this, uh, against it for the wickedness has come up before me. Pastor preached about it here a while back, Sunday a week ago, I believe. Has your wickedness, has your unconcernedness about spiritual matters come up before him? Is he concerned about your living? 
Is it become concerned about your lifestyle? You know what I want to believe? God said, Steve Wilson, get over there and preach this morning because there's some people that's unconcerned about really serving God. They'll come to church, but they won't get in church. Come on, they'll support somehow or another, but they won't get in. Come on, now, I tried to get out of this. I, I, last night I got tried to... I tried to study something else, and, 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 and it just didn't happen. So here I am. I'm telling you, you better come to God. You better find your place to pray because God's going to make you a place to pray. Woo. Hey, I'm preaching to some good folks here this morning, but I'm also preaching to some of those same good folks that really don't have a concern about serving God, no interest in really worshiping, no interest in doing anything for God. I'd like to shake you loose in the Holy Ghost today. I want to tell you, because somewhere, sir, somewhere, ma'am, somewhere, teenager, somewhere, boys, you're gonna pray, you're gonna pray, you're gonna pray. God told John to rise, go to Nineveh. But you know what? I was looking at this as you were preaching. My phone's got a Bible on it. It's got a concordance on it. It's got Greek and Hebrew in it, which I can't hardly read. But it's got all that on. So if you see me with my phone, it's not texting and all that kind of stuff. It's following and writing notes so I can preach sometime. But God told Jonah to rise, go to Nineveh. But I noticed this last week when you were preaching. It said, but Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, Jonah 1.3, and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof. Any time... You don't do what God says do. You're going to pay for it. Is that, in that, is that in that verse? So he paid the fare thereof. My God, the easiest way to live is to serve God because the Bible said the way of the transgressor's heart. Oh, so you're going to pay for your sins. You're going to pay for walking against God. You're going to pay for not getting right. You're not going you're going to pay for not getting serious about. It. I'd like to shake some people loose. We got revival right here in this place this morning. If we could all get shook loose and not only be disciples but make disciples. Woo! It's terrible to flee from his presence. We should be like the David the psalmist said, cast me not away from thy presence. Don't walk out of here this morning, out of the presence of God, without first finding you a place to pray. Found a ship going to Tarshish. It's always, it's, it's, it's always easy to find a way out. People look like they... Look for excuses to quit church. They look for excuses to get bitter. Woo. Which side of this congregation should I preach? Is it over here or over here? Left, right, in the middle. Okay. 
I'm telling you. God, the enemy will give you an excuse to get out. An excuse not to get baptized in Jesus' name. He won't give you a reason, but he can give you excuses. Come on, it's just better to find our place to pray without God having to make us a place. God said, go to Nineveh, but Jonah went to Tarshish. But that's not, it didn't stop there. You know what the next verse said? Verse four said, but the Lord. I got news for you, sir. God's gonna have the last say so. But the Lord sent out a great wind in the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Now it's not but Jonah, but it is but God. God can send or prepare a place. God can send a wind anywhere, anytime. Can also calm the wind and see anywhere, anytime. The ship was like to be broken. And I'm gonna tell you something, by your disobedience, You could have your ship broken today. You could have your ship broken where your children can't get saved. Where your family's, oh Lord, let me preach a little while. If your marriages are upset, you ought to serve God and love your wife and love your husband for your children's sake. You ought to have a peaceful home for that little girl and that little boy's sake. Come on, my children deserve me to love her, love, love my wife, and, and they, they deserve having their mother love their husband. Woo. Lord, do I feel something around here? I'm telling you, you ought to have a peaceful home. If you hadn't yet, you ought to find an altar, both of you ought to find an altar and say, God, I need you more than anything. My marriage needs you. My home needs you. My children need you. I don't want my ship to be broken. I don't want my ship to be broken. I don't want my family to be broken apart. I don't want my children to be lost. I need a praying mom and daddy. I need a praying mother and daddy. I need some praying teenagers. I need some praying boys and girls because I don't want my ship to be broken. Come on, go ahead. Go ahead, welcome welcome the Spirit of God here today. Uh, Everybody was concerned about the trouble but Jonah. Mariners were afraid, cried every man to his God, cast forth the wares, verse five, in the ship to lighten it. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. God have mercy. You know what? I believe the Lord spoke to me on this. Everybody was concerned about the trouble but Jonah. Why did you save more than you want yourself saved? How many times have I woken in the middle of the night, sometime rolling out of bed, getting on my knees praying for people that didn't even want to be saved. Come on. They were more concerned about the trouble than the man that was in trouble. Come on. Oh, the trouble was all of them were about to sink. Let's find out who is, in, who is this trouble. Who's hindering a move of God? Who's hindering what's going on? Jonah 1, 8 and 10 said, what kind of work, in other words, what kind of work do you do? 
That's basically what he's saying. Tell us we pray for who is evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And what people art thou? Who in the world are you, Jonah? He said unto them, I am an Hebrew. I fear the Lord. Really? If you feared God, why didn't you go on and do what he said do? Don't tell me you fear God if you don't come to church and be faithful and love God and find yourself in the prayer room, find yourself praying. I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I want to tell you, I'm trying to shake you loose from a devil's hell. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not here. I'm not here to get a popularity contest. I'm not here, come on, just to please your ears, but I'm here to help you. I'm here because I love you. Oh, for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, when you flee from God, it's, it's trouble for you, your wife, your children, everybody suffers. Just take me up, cast me forth in the sea. So they did. Now watch this. Verse 17, that Lord had prepared, that's a key word, a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. What, what was God doing? Preparing a prayer room. Is he preparing a fish while we're sitting here today for someone that's not interested in serving God? What's he preparing for you? Whew. I wonder what he's preparing. I wonder what he, has he got a health issue in mind? Has, he, has God got a is that what it's going to take to get you thinking? Has he got a financial situation? One thing could blow us all apart here, lose everything we got. Is it a finance to get us to pray? Is it family problems? What is it? What is it? I don't know, but I do know one thing. God's going to make you a prayer room. My Bible said, God, unto thee shall all... Flesh come. Oh, yeah. Now the Lord. Then it changed again and said, Then Jonah prayed. Jonah 2, 1 and 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. He's got out of the fish's belly. What a place to pray in the fish's belly. Wouldn't it be better for you to pray today in the house of God? where they're singing in praises. He said, praises wait for thee. Oh, yes, it's good to be able to come into his presence. This same, same portion of verses says that. So it'd be a whole lot better to say, I bow my knee today, God. I give myself to you today, God, than some hospital room somewhere begging just for a cup of water, begging for somebody to call Brother Wilson or call Pastor B. Come pray for me. No, it's better to pray today right here. You will pray, Jonah. Three points to make about Jonah. When did he pray? When he got in trouble, that's when he prayed. Where did he pray? In the fish's belly that God had prepared for him. And the next verse said, Out of the belly of hell cried I. 
Why did he pray? I cried by reason of my affliction. It'd just be a whole lot better if people would pray, not by the reason of affliction, but for the reason that they want to serve God and they want to live for God and they want to miss hell. Out of the belly of hell cried I. Talking about hell. Talking about a place to pray. There was a certain rich man, 16, 19 of Luke, which was clothed in purple and fine lemon and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. Watch this. And was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. But that's not all who died. The rich man also died and was buried. And in. And in. I can't hear you too good. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. There's a, there's a hell on fire right now, sir. You, you, oh, I said there's a hell on fire right now. Let me tell you something. The Bible said this was not a parable. I, I'm telling you, this was not a parable because there was a man's name listed here. This was real. Lazarus' name was mentioned here. Oh, yeah. But in hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and lapsed into the bosom. You know what he said? Let me back up. Just let me get this in your cranium here today, if I can. Listen, when Abraham, when, when Lazarus died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. He didn't even have any earthly pallbearers. By angels into Abraham's bosom, place of paradise, if you will. But I'm telling you, the rich man also died and was buried and in hell, right then and there. I'm telling you, hell's going to be on fire when you die. So it's better to pray July 4th, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I pray thee. Verse 27 said, then he said, I pray thee. And I could preach about the rest of that, but let me go on. Romans 14 said, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. It's not whether you will or not. It's not whether you will pray or not. That's determined by, that, 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 it, it's already determined. That's determined. You will pray. The question is, will it be by co coercion or by choice? Did you get me? The question is, will you pray by coercion? Will God make you pray? Or will you pray because whosoever will? It's your will by your choice. You know what? 
I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. If I was in your place, I'd probably do exactly what you're doing. But I, I'm thinking if I was back there and I didn't know, and, and I knew I was lost, I don't know that I'd wait till I got the, till that preacher got through preaching before I started praying. Somebody's hands ought to be up. Somebody's bow, head ought to be bowed. Somebody ought to be saying, God, I need you. You know why? Because you could die before we leave this place. You have no assurance in him, your breath. In his hand is your breath. And he could close his hand right now and squeeze you out into eternity and prove that you're going to pray. Coercion or choice. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. The agnostics are going to pray. The atheists are going to pray. The liars are going to pray. The whoremongers are going to pray. The drunkards are going to pray. The dope addicts are going to pray. The poor is going to pray. The rich are going to pray. The mockers are going to pray. The scoffers are going to pray. Come on now. And the procrastinators are going to pray. I'm coming, Brother Wilson. I'm planning on coming. Someday before I leave. No, no, no. The procrastinators are going to pray. There have been many of people that's, that, that, that said, I am coming, I am coming, I am coming, but never come. But I promise you, they're praying tonight, they're praying today, they're praying today. Don't wait until your children are on drugs, become alcoholics. Don't wait on them to get in prison before you pray, before you get your priorities right. I've been at the bedside of many a weeping parent. Pray for my child. I'll be in church. Psalmist said, 119, 126, it is time for thee, Lord, to work. For they have made void thy law. Paul to the Romans said, Behold, therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. You say, God's a good God. He's not going to cast anybody to hell. God don't want to cast you to hell. If you go to hell, it's because you decided to go to hell. It's, it's decided because you, you didn't want to pray. That's, that's, that's the decision. He is a good God, but he's also a severe God. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity. Romans eleven twenty two. Therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Give me verse 22 if you can, if you have it there. Oh, yes. Yes, God is good, but he is also severe. He can sever them that obey not the gospel. You say, well, I don't know. What to do? Let me tell you what to do. They asked what to do on the day of Pentecost. They said, men and brother, what shall we do? You know what Peter said? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Come on, that's the first thing is repent. Next thing, get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. You can get baptized 
hundred times saying titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but that's not going to wash away your sins. It's going to take the name of Jesus. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. That's obeying the gospel. In flaming fire, 2 Thessalonians 1 8. 2 Thessalonians 1 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Come on, I'm telling you, you don't just push this message off. You don't just push what I just preached off. Just, just flesh it on by. Oh, it's just Brother Wilson. Yeah, it's Brother Wilson, all right, but it's more than Brother Wilson. The Holy Ghost is in this house. You better get baptized in Jesus' name, and you better get the Holy Ghost talking in tongues, and you better serve God, or you're going to be cast into everlasting, come on, everlasting punishment, destruction from the presence of the Lord. Oh, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 15. The NIV version said, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. What are you preaching? What are you saying by that? What are you saying? This is the most important thing in your life is what I'm preaching about this morning. Nothing else is important when it, besides this. This is number one. At least you had enough of whatever it takes to get out and come to church. That shows that you want to be saved. That shows that you got some inclination. Thank you for coming. Thank you for letting me preach to you. I just want to stir you up just a little bit more if, if that's what it takes. And even a little more and a little more to get you to move and say, God, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to start my prayer life now. I'm going to start being faithful to God. I'm not going to keep pushing off. Church is number one. First importance. First importance. Somebody say first importance. Come on, say it again. First importance. Come on, help me. First importance. First importance. Are you right with God today? Does your lifestyle please him? Would you go to heaven or hell if you died right now? Would you go where the rich man went or to Abraham's bosom where Lazarus went in 1996? I'm trying to get to a closing point. 1996, an airline bound, airlines bound for New York on what would have been a normal flight as it was descending to its destination, the pilot learned that the landing gear refused to engage. Responding to the crisis, the runway was sprayed with foam. Emergency vehicles moved into position. A pending disaster awaited just minutes. The passengers were told to put their heads between their knees and grab their ankles. Somebody said, I can't believe this is happening to me. Imagine the tears, the screams of despair, just seconds away. Suddenly the pilot announces, we are beginning our final descent. At this moment, in accordance with international aviation codes established in Genoa, it is my obligation to inform you that if you believe in God, you should commence prayer. It's 
amazing that the only thing that brought out into the open a deep down secret rule in their minds that there was an eternity, there was death, there was, there was an end, was a crisis. Pushed to the brink, back to the wall, right up to the wire, all escapes closed. Only then does society give a hint of recognition to God. America started praying in 9-11. I'm asking, what will it take to get America to pray again? Let me tell you something. The Antichrist spirit is in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not already in the earth somewhere. It's about rapture time, kiddos. Boys and girls, it's about rapture time. You don't want to be left here and lost. One shall be taken, the other be left. Come on.